waves, my waves get lost in the ocean. Seven billion swimmers, man, I'm going through the motions. Hi, this is Nancy Herald, and welcome to my show, High Road to Humanity. In every episode, I tell you powerful true stories filled with great wisdom that you can use in your own life as you strive for a higher road to travel. My featured guests will have their own unique stories to tell that enlighten your mind and your soul. So kick back, relax, and learn the secret to success when you take the high road. Hey, it's Nancy Yerald, and welcome to my show, High Road to Humanity. And I'm so excited to be here today. We have a fabulous guest. You know, we always have such wonderful guests on the show, and I feel so blessed. And they bring us such great information. And today, we have a wonderful lady, and her name is Hillary Black, and she is a psychic medium. And, you know, I always tell you a little story when uh, I start my show. So sit back and relax. And let me tell you, this is a personal story about Hillary. Um, You know, I'm a psychic, a a medium, or I'm not a medium, but I'm a psychic. And what that means is a medium is they can talk to people who have passed. and, And I don't do that as much. I just am pretty darn intuitive. But none of us can really uh, read our own cards or read our own future. So we always ask each other to help out. Well, what happened to me and how I met Hillary, which is a really cool story, is that my husband and I decided to head out to Laguna Beach, California. And we got out there and we camp, we're campers, and we're out there and we're on the beach and we're camping. And I do this like um, where I, I do this thing where I clear my chakras. Okay, so that's another reason why I'm having this show. So I can tell you guys, you need to clear your energy fields. So here I am in the morning, I'm at the beach and I'm clearing my energy fields and I clear my energy fields with color. And I'm going to teach you this really quick as we're doing it. It's in my book, but I'll teach you. So I clear my root chakra, you know, which is red. And I say, I clear and I empower and I protect my root chakra. Anyway, I go through all my different chakras and all my different colors. And then my husband's like, let's go into town. And I'm like, okay, cool. So we hop on the motorcycle and we ride into town and I always go to this place in Laguna Beach, California, and it's called the Shocker Shack. And I love this place. It's like a real spiritual place. So if you ever get out there, stop in. And they always have like the best psychics ever. And I've known a lot of people, you know, but I hadn't been out there in a while. So I thought, oh, I'm going to go have a 30 minute reading because I can't read myself. I got to have somebody else do it. So I make an appointment and they say it's with Hillary. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. And my husband's cool. He's like, I'll just sit here on the couch. They got a big fluffy couch. So he just sits down. And so I go in and I meet Hillary Black. And the first thing she says to me, she looks at me and she says, you're all different colors. <laughs> like, oh my God, how does she realize that I have gone through each chakra with a different color and she sees these colors and right then and there I realized that Hillary was the best psychic medium that I had ever met I was just floored so that's my story about Hillary and I've known her for several years and when I need a reading I go to Hillary because she's my go-to girl and I'm going to give you some background before I bring her on Hillary Black like I said is a psychic medium and she's read for clients professionally since 1996 throughout the United States and abroad. 
And in 2002, her readings began to evolve as she saw a trend among her clients. They had the information to make informed choices, yet they didn't know how to take the next step with goal setting, visualization, and manifestation. That's the truth, Hillary. To follow her um, life path of helping others, she began life coaching. And it was a natural fit as Hillary had been a competitive swimmer, rising to the ranks of Junior Olympics to Junior Nationals and knew what it took to be a great coach. Hillary intuitively, along with help from God, was able to guide clients through the process. Her focus is on relationships, family, career, and small business. Hillary Black is a magnified healer, master teacher, as well as a minister with the Universal Life Church and a life and a business coach. Uh, she has numerous certifications. She's appeared on many radio and television shows. She's also the founder and the editor, editor of the online magazine Spiritual Touch. Hey, Hillary, welcome to the High Road. Hi, thank you for having me. I am so excited that you're here today because I, I just think you're so talented. Would you mind, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to do something, Hillary, would you mind telling our audience uh, your story? I mean, how did you know you were psychic? At what age? And how did this happen for you, if you don't mind? No, um, sure, I'd be happy to share it. So when I was five years old is when spirits would come around. Um, and so I never felt alone. Uh, I always felt like someone was there and I would talk to them. And then when I was about 10 years old, that's when the clairvoyant vision started coming in. I would get these snapshot pictures in my head like movies. Right. And I to see these visions of things that just before they happened. And so then when I got into about high school, um, it was kind of like I had like, I was like the Dear Abby. People just kind of, I wouldn't say literally line up, but people would ask me advice all the time. And wow. I didn't realize that um, I was giving a lot of my energy away, if that made sense. I love yeah. helping people, but I didn't understand the balance, so to speak. So okay. um, then I, for a while, said, you know, I'm not quite sure what it is that I want to do. And I went and researched all these things. And I knew, though, in high school I was intuitive, but I didn't really have any reference point. I didn't have anyone to talk to. I don't even remember. I don't think I've ever been in a spiritual bookstore when I was young. And then when my father died in a tragic car accident when I was 29, I was in the last six weeks of my pregnancy with my second child. Um, that's when I knew he would, I would talk to him during the day while he was in a coma and at the um, night he would come in and finish my conversation. Oh, wow. You can't that, that kind of <laughs> experience. So right prior to him passing, you know, I had a vision of my son and I had a vision of my son, um, when he was eight years old and I said, you know, he's going to be a big boy, stocky, um, thick brown hair, brown eyes. And we were talking about his name, and I hadn't had the ultrasound yet to tell me if I was having a boy or a girl. And I told my father that um, I, I believe I'm having a boy. This is what you know God's showing me. And I said, um, what would you like his name to be? Because I was telling him the names that my ex-husband and I were talking about. Right. And, and he said, I'd really like his name to be George, because my dad is George Daniel. Okay. And so we were going to do Adam Daniel. And so we named my son George Daniel after my dad. That's awesome. What did your parents think of your abilities? Like when you were growing up, when you were little, did you go to your mom and ask her or your dad, or did you talk to your family about this stuff? You know, not, not much. And I just know that they thought I was an odd little duck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. 
I didn't fit my clan. I didn't fit my clan. And, you know, so sometimes we wonder why we're put with families that we are. I love my family. It's not that I don't. I'm just not like them. And so I'm just That's so okay, Hillary. I'm not like my family either. And it's, it's fun. <laughs> so, so I remember my dad one day said, you know, we just don't get you. We just don't understand you. And I was like, well, I'm sorry that you don't, dad, but my friends do, you know, kind of thing. And, um, so they just didn't really know how to handle me telling them any experiences that happened. I would freak them out, you know, when I would say things. Yeah. <laughs> and it was pretty eerie on and, and, you know, right on the money. And they're like, how does she know that? Well, and can I, I want to ask, there's so many questions I have for you, Hillary. We have a topic today and Hillary, <laughs> I should say that Hillary does have a topic that she wants to talk about today. And she wants to talk about the six reasons why you don't get what you want. But um, I want to ask her a couple questions first. Is that cool, Hillary? <laughs> well, no, and I just think it's really neat because I, you know, you have always been such a wonderful um, psychic if I ever need a reading and I call you, but I've never really talked to you and said, hey, you know, it, when's the first time that you saw somebody and realized that they weren't alive? I mean, what, how did that happen for you and what did you do? Well, I'm, I remember more of the auditory when they spoke to me out loud. It's kind of freaky. It's like the invisible man standing next to you or the invisible woman. And then you hear the words out loud and you're looking around going, who is talking to me? And mm -hmm. it's really spirit. So that's clear audience. So when you okay. can hear them out loud and, you know, I'm trying to remember the ages, you know, that sort of thing. That's kind of, I just don't remember as much because I was so different. I didn't want to stand out if that makes sense. No, it does. So I really wanted to be like everyone else terribly. Let me tell you, um, to the point that I kind of gave myself away by not honoring myself. That's I no understand. Right. Well, and that can happen. And how did you learn to protect yourself against negativity and did you just learn to raise your vibration to a higher level or or how did you handle that well not until i walked into a psychic bookstore and really um when i was 29 right after my father died um, we moved from um san diego where i grew up and moved to denver and i walked into the psychic bookstore and it's called and it's still there actually and it's called um um isis bookstore it's okay. isis goddess now i believe but the isis bookstore and um it's in inglewood and it's a fabulous store i mean it's been there for i mean it's been around for at least 40 years and karen harrison charbonneau karen harbor uh karen harrison i believe she was my teacher and she's the owner and i walked in there and told her my story of okay. what had happened and i said i don't know where to go or what to do now i grew up in the catholic church you know okay. And I was devout Catholic, went every single weekend, Sunday school, all that. But I walked in the spiritual bookstore and I said, I don't know what to do and I need help. I need someone to explain to me what's going on. And that she's the one who taught me how to ground and taught me how to read the cards. And I love art. Art is, you know, I was an art history major in college. Oh, I didn't know that. I did not know that. I, I didn't. I didn't finish with it, but I loved it. And and I traveled in Europe and went to the um, went to Italy and was blessed by the Pope. Oh wow. When I was 17, it was really cool. So the, the, the cards to speak to me, it's just like a piece of art. So, okay. That's what happened. So when you started to do tarot, you do tarot cards, right? Or do you yeah. do, do and, Oracle? And the, you do tarot. And, and the pendulum and then all the clairs that I have, I just blend them all in. And so I listen to the clairs as well. All the clairs. 
Okay. Okay. We've got about one minute to break, but, um, you know, I can remember you told me a story one time about a, a guy who jumped onto you and I've had that stuff happen to me. Um, can you tell that? Do you have, we have only have a minute, but can you tell it really quick? <laughs> oh my goodness. He was a police officer that died in the line of duty. And what happened was, is that his wife had come and found me at one of the bookstores I was working in town. I had no idea. Um, it, 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 well, how do I explain it quickly? So I was at her house and a vision came across the, and I said, is there someone sitting, um, you know, does your husband sit with his legs crossed? And she said, no. And then all of a sudden it was my father. And I went, okay, so we're going to, we're going to continue this story when we come back. Um, you know, you guys, where can people get in touch with you, Hillary? Tell people your website. So my website is askhillaryblack.com, and Hillary is H-I-L-L-A-R-Y, Black, B-L-A-C-K. So it's Ask, A-S-K. We'll be right back. On High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book your first 30-minute coaching session for free to get you on your high road. Ever get nervous riding in an elevator because you're afraid the cable might snap? It's entered my mind more than once. According to Elevator World magazine, on the rare occasion a cable breaks, the car won't hunge plunge to the bottom. This is because elevators have as many as 10 cables holding them up, each capable of supporting a fully loaded car. Sometimes I feel a little mischievous in elevators. Next time you're feeling like a rapscallion, try one of these little jokes. When there's only one other person in the elevator, tap them on the shoulder and then pretend it wasn't you. Push one of the buttons and pretend it gave you a shock. Or maybe start a sing-along. What's a word for a person who thinks he's funny but no one else does? Vitzel soup. I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hey, welcome back. And we're here today with Hillary Black, and she's a psychic medium, and I've known Hillary for a while. Hillary, can I give your phone number? Is that cool? Yes, oh, please Okay. Do. Okay, cool. If you want a, a reading, because Hillary does readings over the phone, dial 949-929-8113 or visit her website at askhillaryblack.com. And Hillary was telling us a story, and I want her to finish because this is a cool story about, because I asked the question, what do you do when, you know, um, and it's like the story, it's like, um, it's like the story Ghost, where you know, Whoopi Goldberg has, you know, she has able to have uh, the body. She uses her body, right, for him. And it's kind of the same thing, right? Is that what you're talking about here, Hillary? Where so, the yeah, body just jumps yeah, in? That's what happens. So, yes. So when I was sitting, um, I was sitting um, on, on a chair, actually. And across from me, there was a couch and, and the legs were crossed. And I could just see brown pants, light brown pants. And the legs were crossed. And I said, does your husband um, have his legs crossed when he sits? And she said, no. And then all of a sudden I saw this vision of my father. And I went, uh-oh, my dad's here. And, I, and, and I'm thinking, what's going down? Something's going to happen because my dad always shows up to protect me. 
protectors. And so I knew something was coming down with my father being there because I'm like, Dad, what are you doing here? You know, kind of thing. And then she said to me, actually, where you're sitting and the chair that you're sitting is his favorite chair. I had no idea. I just walked in the room and sat in that chair. And then she said, exactly how you're sitting is how my husband sits. Oh, my. Okay. And then all of a sudden I felt this really, um, like, a strong heat in my back. And then all of a sudden I could feel something jump like inside me. I don't know how to explain it. It's just like someone put their hand inside me. And then all of a sudden they like encapsulated my whole body. And I literally just, she could see me turn white as ghost. I, I, I fell to the floor because the pain, you know, I could just feel yeah. it. And yeah. then all of a sudden I stood up and she goes, what's going on? And I said, I think he jumped inside me. I think he just jumped inside me. And then she's like, and she could see the physical reaction to my body. She knew something was happening. And right. she's well, why would he do that? And I said, the only thing I can imagine is that he wants to hug you one more time and just tell oh. you she loves you. And she was not pleased. So um, she's So like, it wasn't warm and fuzzy like it was in the movie, huh? <laughs> no, it, it freaked her out. And she's like, okay, it's time for you to go. <laughs> she's like, Oh, and wow. Go. And so I'm like, okay. And I left and I didn't know what to do because it was like, he was still there. And yeah, how did you get him out? How did you get rid of him? Well, he just, he left on his own, but I went to my teacher and I walked in and I said, remember in class, you had told us if a spirit ever jumps in, you know, kind of thing. And so this is why it's so important to do a grounding, um, you know, kind of thing. And she said, yes. And I, and I, and I told her that I couldn't taste anything. I couldn't feel anything. It was like I was a guest in my own body. You know, Hillary, tell people what grounding is because a lot of people don't know what that is. So grounding is more of like an auric field around you and grounding. I don't have the exact uh, proper definition for it, but it is mm-hmm. where you take your energy field and I connect to heaven and then I connect also to Mother Earth, and I connect right. my grounding cord, which comes out of your root chakra, um, down into the Earth, and I click into the middle of Earth, and then I bring myself down from, you know, um, the sky, so to speak. And what does that mean? What happens is, is when we have trauma, a lot of times or difficult situations in our lives, what we do is we're like we just kind of throw it under the rug and we say, yeah, we're good, we're good, and we jump out of our body spiritually, and then wow. we just that we kind of go continue life, right? And we think we're good, but it's just not necessarily true. We're just handling in the moment, right? But later, then what happens is, is because we didn't deal with that issue, we get triggered. So that's a different story. That's why I coach, which we can talk about. But so what happens is, is that when we're, it's so important that your spirit is present in your body. Okay. So I pull, I pull myself back into my body, so to speak, and I imagine myself coming down to earth and I put my feet on the ground right. and then I, I put like little energy roots and from my feet into the ground. And then my root chakra has already taken to earth, so to speak, because I always connect to heaven first and then down to earth and I pull myself down and then I do like an energy bubble. And so I tell people, it's kind of like saran wrapping cake. You right. just take saran wrap, you can make it any color you want. And then you saran wrap, there's no specific order. I do front to back. And then I do side to side and I swirl up and then I swirl down. And so that's so, the energy protection. So you saran wrap yourself. 
I do. (laughs) I bubble myself. But, you know, I've always bubbled myself intuitively. Isn't that weird? When my kids were little and we'd go somewhere, I was a single mom, I would always bubble us. And then I learned to do that. And people, I just did that intuitively. And then people never bothered us. Isn't that crazy? It is. And what I guess I was doing, huh? That was your grounding. That was great. You had your force field. You totally knew to do it. And And bubbling is a great way to do it, too. Hillary, I have a question. What is your thoughts about angels? Have you seen angels? Do you work with angels? Or or what's your feeling about angels? Interesting. I don't think I've told this story in a very long time. So um, I do believe in angels. Absolutely. So when I was growing up in the church, the Catholic church, um, I had an angel come to me one night in a dream. And I was still in high school at the time. I don't remember how old I was. I may have been 16. Because I remember telling it was the nun or the priest, the dream. And oh. yes. And so how'd that go over? <laughs> they, they actually were very receiving to me. Oh, they were very cool. open. And they listened to all my dreams and all the things that happened to me. And they tried to give me answers. And they were really open to the wow. second child here. So you know they, what? that's really, that's really nice to hear, to be honest yeah, with you. They were that's really great. Nice. They were, I love them. They were that's wonderful. Awesome. They were so good to me. So the, you know, and of course we never used the word psychic, you know, but we'd always say that God, you know, was talking to me, that sort of thing. And they absolutely believed me. I mean, there was, there's no doubt in their mind, especially the things that came to me. So what, what happened is, is that, um, I I had this angel. I don't know what I dreamed of, prayed that night about. I must have prayed about something. And the, um, because I was so excited that I saw this angel and this angel was up in the sky in my dream. And then she put a gold beam of light out. And, um, you know, I was just so enamored by this huge angel in my dream and just, um, you know, uh, that she was there and, um, they heard me and then they just put this gold beam of light out and I don't know what it was toward. And then I put this gold light out. And I'm not quite sure what it was about other than that. That's all I can remember at this moment. I should write these things down. Because yeah. Because at 16 years old, I'd be telling the story. Like, I'm going to be 52 on Sunday. And I didn't oh, happy I'd birthday, be Hillary. You. I didn't <laughs> think I'd be telling the story, you know, almost 40 years later. <laughs> right. No, but it's so cool. But that that was, so when you woke up, it was a vivid memory is what you're saying. It was a vivid memory, and I went to the church and talked to the nuns and the priest about it because, you know, I really wanted to know what was going on, you know, kind of thing. And and I can only remember to this day that they were just answering my prayers of whatever I asked for. Huh. Just letting me so, know that they were there and I wasn't alone. Right. <laughs> so you're, you're, you believe, like I do, I think that prayer and, uh, well, prayer affirmations, that type of thing, can really change your life, correct? Absolutely. Totally believe okay. it. Well, I do too. And I think the more, um, the more we watch our words, the last few shows we've been talking about our words and what we say and what we think and how we feel and all of those things make a big difference. Um, so I wanted to to talk to you about prayer, but now do you, are you a person that gets up and meditates every morning or what do you do? So uh, in the morning, what I do is I pull a card every morning and, um, I do, I do try to meditate, um, but I, I actually pull a card from, um, it is Esther Hicks and it's the vortex. Oh, Oh, okay. And I'm trying to find the deck. I had it somewhere. I don't know where I put it because I was putting everything away thinking I was going to be on 
Skype and you guys could see me, um, but it's here. So um, vortex, yeah. So I pull a card every morning about the vortex and looking at what is it that I need to to Orca. pay attention to the oracle cards, and then yeah. I also have um, Doreen Virtue's fairy cards. So I always actually do a little reading for myself in the morning to see what my message is for that day from spirit. Right. That's funny. I do the same thing. Um, but I pull an angel card, you know, because, I, and again, those are Dorian Virtue's uh, angel cards that I use. And um, I also use um, Prema, Prema Lee uh, Guerra. She's got some wealth cards, and I've been pulling her wealth cards. Those are pretty cool to do. So let me ask you, um, you 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 wanted to talk today, and you you really felt strongly, I, I guess, about this subject. So I wanna I wanna address this. And you say there's six reasons why you don't get what you want. And I'm gonna read the some of the reasons here. Um, you say that, like, because we pray, right? And yeah. we ask for what we want. But it says, you know, what are the six reasons you don't get what we want? What does it mean that there's a better plan for us? Because a lot of people say, well, you don't get what you want because there's a better plan. Or maybe you say timing is a factor. Or maybe there's obstacles or lessons for us to learn. So, you know, when people come to you, Hillary, because they come to me too, and they ask, you know, oh, I want this to happen or I want this to happen. Um, that's when you kind of come in and say, hey, this is going to happen, but maybe it's not the right timing or things like that. Am I correct? Yes. Well, everyone has free will. My belief is God's all knowing. He knows everything we're going to do before we do it. But God also gives us free will. He gives us choice. So sometimes, you know, one person is ready and the other person is not. Right. You know? And sometimes that other person, you know, we all have blocks, all of us do. And so we have our own personal stuff. Our, I call it the, our side of the street that we have to clean up. And they have their side of the street that they have to clean up. But then, you know, let's say they got, so either they haven't gotten through the block, which is holding them back, right? And they're just not ready. Um, and, um, or they've gotten through the block and they've made a choice not to be with that person. So there, there's all different things. So timing also has to do with vibration. So what vibration you're at, what vibration they're at, it kind of goes hand in hand because, you know, on that list too is like attracts like. Yeah, you have to be on the same vibration. And I think that's number five that I have on there. So some of these overlap. Some of these go kind of hand in hand. You can have three things going on at the same time. Okay. So if somebody comes to you, like, oh, I always tell people, you know, they come to me and they say, when am I going to get married? And I always say, well, and I'll look and say, yes, you will get married, but it may not be in your timing. And I think that's what you're talking about. It comes in God's time, maybe not in your time. And you do attract the person that you're going to be with vibrationally is what you're exactly. saying. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So, you know, kind of birds of a feather flock together. Right. You know, that's there's true. commercial. And I loved it. And of course, I'm dating myself how old I am because some people who are younger will not know what this commercial is. But it's the <laughs> MasterCard commercial. And it's about going, you know, uh, lunchbox, you know, $10, backpack, $25, and a friend who gets you. And these two little boys are walking down the hallway, priceless. Right. You know? Right, right. Well, and yeah, we are all are searching and, you know, none of us want to be alone and we are really connected, but it seems like today we're more disconnected than ever. Um, yeah. And, and that's why I chose the song connection for this show. And, and it's why I try to talk about connection a lot, because I just feel like 
you know, we're all we're all texting instead of calling, and we're all sending emails instead of going next door. And it's just uh, we're we're becoming more disconnected than connected. And um, maybe we can talk about that when we get back um, from the break too. How's that sound? Okay, okay. High Road to Humanity, but make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download directly from Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, so you never miss an episode of The High Road. get a kick out of the warning labels companies attach to prevent lawsuits from the hooky crookie of this world. A warning label on a dishwasher cautioned not to put any person in the unit. Speaking of dishwashers, one product warning on a television remote control read, not dishwasher safe. That's too bad because we know how dirty the remote control gets. In fact, we press the buttons even harder when we know the battery is dead. What are we, part of the ridiculati? A warning on a baby stroller read, remove child before folding. Here's one for the blunderbusses and poppin' jays among us. A label on a letter opener read, safety goggles recommended. Call me snarky, but any society that needs this many disclaimers has too many lawyers, pedophagers, and snollygosters. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to The High Road. Hey, welcome back to High Road, and this is Nancy, you're out. I'm your host, and we're here today with Hillary Black, and she is a fantastic psychic medium, and she's got, I'm, I'm on break going, tell your stories, tell your stories, because she has really cool stories to tell. And I ask her on break, and so I'm going to talk about this now. I ask Hillary, what do you think heaven's like? And Hillary, go ahead and, and tell us, and then tell us some of your stories, if you wouldn't mind, please. Well, I have a little, ex, just little pieces of what they have shown me, the spirits that have come to me and spoken to me about what heaven looks like for them. But everyone is a little different, obviously, um, I, I believe, of what heaven looks like for you. Again, being the Catholic that I am, you know, certainly we have what the Bible tells us, what heaven looks like, that sort of thing. But I've had certain people, interesting, I had one lady come talk to me, and her, her brother had just passed. And, you know, I don't question spirit anymore because I used to really argue with them. Like, I am not telling them that. That is no. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to look at me like I'm nuts, you know, kind of thing. And so now I'm just like, I just say it, whatever. I'll just say it. I'm not arguing with you anymore. And so there was one person and he had just passed and he had shown me the pearly gates of heaven and he was in line. And he was literally across the room and he was yelling at me going, tell my sister once I get through the gate, I'll talk to her then. But until then, I'm not... I can't talk to her right now. And she started laughing. She's like, oh, my God, that's my brother. You know, and see, how would I have known? So I literally just deliver the message. I'm just the conduit, you know, so to speak. And um, so I'm like, well, he's in line, and he's way up there. And he said he's not talking to you until he gets through the gates. And so she's like, no problem, no problem at all. It actually gave her comfort, you know. Well, yeah. And then she started laughing. She's like, oh, my God, that's my brother. Well, and I think people do want comfort. And I think a lot of times um, people go to mediums because they have had someone pass and they're looking for 
they're looking for answers. You know, maybe their faith or their belief is not strong and, and they come to you. Do you feel like that's what happens? Well, yeah. I mean, I've been there myself with my dad, you know, not wanting to, to speak to my dad. I remember when my daughter, right after my father passed, um, my daughter um, woke up and she started and she uh, had slept in an, um, she was um, 18 months old. So she had her own room and she started talking in the middle of the night. And so my ex-husband looks at me and says, um, you know, who do you think she's talking to? And I said, I think she's talking to my dad. So you're going to have to go in there and check on her because I can't do it. And right. he said, why? And I said, if I see my father, I'll just, I, I don't know how I'm, I can't, I don't think I can handle it right now. I just can't. And, you know, some people would think, well, wouldn't you be ecstatic to see your dad? And I was just in such grief. I mean, I had just given birth to my son, you know, seven days, you know, seven days prior to him dying. He was in wow. six weeks of my pregnancy. Wow. So, you know, I had already been talking to him every night and going and talking to him in dreams and, you know, communicating his, his wishes and, and, you know, things that he had told me and everything. So it, it was it was a little much for me. And, um, you know, of course I miss my dad and I want to talk to him, you know, um, kind of things. But, you know, sometimes, too, family will come through and they'll still parent a child, <laughs> no matter how old that kid is, you know, kind of thing. Or they'll say certain things. Um, and uh, But we all want to know that our family still loves us and we're still connected to them on the other side. So you feel like there is life on the other side that we continue on and maybe do other things. That's what I think, too. I always feel like, well, we have a job to do over there, too, just like we do here. Yes, absolutely. I've had relatives come through for people who've sat um, in my chair, so to speak, or sat uh, reading with me. And I'll tell them, well, you know, they're, they're doing this project and whatever they're telling me, I, I relay they're, You know, we're doing this project. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going over here. This is what I'm doing here. And they're really happy to hear that, you know, they're 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 doing well and, you know, they're continuing their work. So okay. I think that. We lose our body when we, we pass and our spirit still goes on and we're still doing our work on the other side. Right, right. And do you think we still look the same? Well, I think we're spirit form, but I think people who've come to me, you know, they when they pass, let's say they passed at 80 years old and they're going to come to me and, and they're coming to me as a 40-year-old. Okay. You know, and so they come to me at all different ages. I've even had people come to me as a young child and they didn't pass as a young child. They pass when they're older. So I wonder, I sit there and wonder, are they, you know, that's the age that they were the happiest at. And that's why they're showing me the certain age, you know, right. or they're showing me a certain event that's happened in their past, you know, that sort of thing. And that's why they're showing the age. Huh? Um, what do you think? Do you think there's a hell? I think there's a version of hell. I think there's, I think hell's different for everybody. Okay. You think it's your uh, mindset? I think it's your mindset. That's what I think. That's what I think too. I think if you have that kind of a mindset, then that's what you see. But if you have a mindset that, that you're going to die and see heaven, then that's what you'll see. Yes. Yes. Because, okay. you know, if we're, if, okay, for example, if, you know, when we die, we don't automatically become purified in our heart, in my opinion. I really feel like we still have the work to do. So let's say just before we pass, if somebody has had, you know, just a hateful heart and they're, 
done some heinous things and that sort of thing. And when they go to the other side, I don't think they're automatically purified in this wonderful human being. I think that their soul is still working through their issues. I'm not saying that they can't get to the light. I'm not saying that that can't happen. I believe that they can get to the light, but they have to choose to get to the light. They have to want to get to the light. Right. And I, and, and that's why, you know, I'm so excited that we're here talking about this stuff today because it opens people's minds because this is not it. You know, a lot of people think, oh, this is it, but this isn't it. We're just here learning for a certain amount of time and then we're gone. We're here and we're gone in a blink of an eye. And what we do here really does matter. It does. It does. And it's, it's about the collective consciousness because everything we do is a ripple effect to everyone else. Exactly. You know? It's all about energy, and we're all interconnected. And, you know, I don't know this for sure, but I, from what I remember is quantum physics talks about how we're all interconnected. There's energy in trees. There's energy in the earth. There's, you know, energies in rocks. There's energies in cars, you know, and so we're all interconnected energetically. Right. And I think if we could all just visualize ourselves, you know, Walking outside, it's funny because I was watching this um, this documentary on John Ritter the other day. You know, John Ritter was the guy yeah. on, Three's, on Three's Company, and he was, you know, in all these great movies and stuff. And at the end of the little documentary, it said that he talked about us all being connected by the golden thread. And I thought that was such a cool analogy. He really felt, and he, that when we connected, so he connected with his laughter, with his humor, and he believe that we were all connected with a golden thread. And I really like that because if you walk out into the world and if you could visualize, if you could see that golden thread of all of us connected, God, we'd treat each other a little bit nicer, wouldn't we? I agree. I, agree. I mean, isn't that crazy that he, and he told someone this, I was going to tell a story about it um, down the road, but I mentioned it today just because you're talking about connection. You know, Hillary, I want to ask you something else. Um, you talk about your heart being ready and open, how can people open their hearts um, to be to that place that they want to be once it does come their time? How how can you can you give us some advice on how to open our hearts? Well, I'm going to give you two. So one has to do with visualization. So okay. I when I go in and I'm grounding because I always ground my client as as well as I ground myself because I find that it's a it's a it's a deeper reading, a deeper connection when I ground my client because a lot of times they're off <laughs> the earth so to speak energetically and I I bring them back into their body and some clients are like, "Oh my okay, god, so I feel that." Well Hold on, I'm going to stop you, and I don't. I hope you don't mind. But explain to the audience how you know that they're out of their body energetically. How do you? I can see it. You can see it. Okay. Yeah, I can. I can. I can just see it in my mind's eye that okay. they're out of body. They're they're energetically out of their body. And just I'll, like you could see me that day, the colors in my body, huh? Yes, energetically okay. in my mind's okay. eye. Okay. Okay. All and right. They, I just want to clarify it. that. Yeah, they said it. They said colors. You know, so, you know, um, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't see auras like everyone else does where I have one friend. They're like, do you see that person? They've got gold all around them. And I'm like, I don't see it with my mind's eye like you. I mean, my uh, my uh, eyes. Some people can see it really with their eyes. Like, like right. not uh, their real eyes, you know, their eyes. They can just right. literally see gold just going around a person. And I would love to do that, but that's not my gift. <laughs> right. We all have different yeah. gifts. Right. right. We all have different gifts. I hear it 
and then I can see it in my mind's eye, but I don't, I can't see it with my eyes eyes. So how do you, how should we open our heart? What can we do to open our hearts so that we're at a better place? Cause I feel like people are closed up. I agree with you. We all, I think a lot of us are closing our hearts and we're becoming disconnected to keep ourselves safe. Okay. And that's not necessarily keeping us happy. Right. It, it's not. And you know, there's two things that you're either, you're in either fear or you're, um, or you're in love. Right. Pretty much. That's, you know, all the other, I mean, there are so many different feelings and that sort of thing that go underneath the love category and go underneath the fear category. So it's either one. So what you can do is, is when I do a grounding, I look at the person and as I go down and scan the body, sometimes I'll see people's hearts encased in a, a like a plexiglass case. Oh, like wow. Open up the door and there's a plexiglass. And so in my mind's eye, what I ask is I ask them permission from their higher self and I ask permission from them if I can take their, the case, you know, their heart out of the case. And then what I do is I put it like a little thunder jacket, like the dogs, you know, that, you know, when the dogs get all upset, oh, yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah. TV, you know, they talk about it and then you put a thunder jacket around it so they feel calm. So I just put this white little light around the heart, you know, kind of thing. And I ask if I can put white light around the heart and it's kind of like a thunder jacket kind of thing. And some people feel it and it wow. feels good for them. And so it keeps wow. their heart so they can keep their heart open. Because, you know, and I know this is how a lot of, this is how I am too, even though I know you've got to keep your heart open. I feel the same way when I go out into the world. I mean, I'm bubbling myself and I'm trying to smile and figure if I smile, maybe they'll smile back at me. <laughs> but it's tough out there in this crazy world that we're in. And, you know, we do feel like we have to protect ourselves, but then we also want to be open. It's like, there's got to be a happy medium there, if that makes sense. No, I, I agree with that. And the other thing is, is vulnerability. So one of the things that um, Brene Brown talks about, she's fabulous. Um, she's a social worker um, and she's a researcher as well. And she talks about vulnerability and she goes into the court. I, I went to see her call to courage, which I think is going to be on Netflix in, in July or something like that. And I went to, and, and she had a call to courage uh, event in LA and okay. I, was, I was very fortunate to go um, through a, a friend of mine who got um, tickets, which was um, so nice. So we got about one minute. So okay. So, yeah, tell us so what she talks about is she goes into into the work environment, and they say you're welcome to talk about leadership, but you can't talk about vulnerability or making mistakes. <laughs> and she's like, "What? They go hand in hand. I mean, how if you can't make a mistake, how do you grow? Right? How do you learn?" So, so how do you learn if you don't have if you don't have an an opportunity to right. fail or or if you have such a critical environment that everyone has to be perfect all the time which by the way being human is being imperfect that's right. And you know what? We're going to talk more about this when we get back from our break. And um, we're here today with Hillary Black. And you, you guys can visit her at AskHillaryBlack.com. And also visit my website, too, NancyHeralt.com. We'll be back in a minute. We'll be right back with The High Road and more. Don't forget to visit Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to sign up for her intuitive personal coaching program or to book a psychic reading. It's Have you noticed? 
notice that no matter how carefully you put the Christmas lights away, they still come out all cringle-crangled and jitterty-jitterty the next year. Christmas tree lights were invented in 1882 by Thomas Edison, and by 1900, these miniature versions of his electric light bulb were being advertised to the public. In 1895, Grover Cleveland proudly sponsored the first electrically lit Christmas tree in the White House, featuring more than a hundred multicolored lights. By the next Christmas, members of high society were hosting flambustious Christmas tree parties. Of course, in those early days, the services of a wireman had to be obtained, as many people had considered electricity as a bit of a bugaboo. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life and the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific. You'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Bryles is in. And each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, and yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now welcome back to the High Road. Hey, we are back today. This is High Road to Humanity, and this is Nancy Earle. And thanks so much for tuning in. We've got Hillary Blackhair, and she's telling us really cool stories. Hillary, where were we before the break? You were telling us about this lady who had gone in, and she was trying to teach people, and they weren't letting anybody be imperfect. Is that right? Right. So her name's Brene Brown. She's fabulous. And you can check out her website. I think it's BreneBrown.com, and it's B-R-E-N-E Brown. Um, and she was talking about it's called to courage. It's coming out, um, I believe, in July and, and Netflix. Um, I'm not quite sure, but um, needless to say, she, she was talking about um, leadership. And leadership, you have to have um, you have to have vulnerability to have growth. And so, you know, when we cut off our heart or when we shut our heart down and we're not connecting to anyone, we're not even allowing ourselves to be vulnerable to someone. How are you letting any relationship grow? Any relationship, friendship, even in business, even in business. She talked about it in leadership. So, you know, when she goes into these environments and she sees that they're not allowing for anyone to have creativity, allowing because to have creativity, you have to have vulnerability. Well, and that's like the kids today. I mean, they people are like, oh, you don't want to tell your kid no. You don't want to hurt their feelings. Well, wait a minute. You have to tell people no, especially when they're little, so that when they're adults, they uh, understand the concept. And I think that's why we're getting into big trouble here, because we've got a whole generation where nobody told them no. True. So one of them is boundaries. You know, you have self-boundaries for yourself, right? And then boundaries. Yeah. 
the situation as well. Um, and, and I think that it's important too is knowing yourself, you know, kn knowing knowing who you are, because then you'll be able to be with the right the right tribe, the right people for you. Well, yeah, and I I think it's important that we change the mindset. Um, and I think uh, the more people that we can get out there and talk to and say, hey, get to know yourself, like you just said, which is wonderful, open your heart up and connect to other people um, because it's a growth thing for you. And we're all here to learn and to grow so that we can get to the next step, correct? Right. And the thing is, is that, you know, where, where, where should you be vulnerable and where shouldn't you be? And that's the other thing too, is that, you know, we're vulnerable. We don't want to be, you have to, to look and say, is this the person that I can be open with? Is this safe for me to be open with this person? Meaning do they deserve to know this information about me and they're going to use it? They're not going to use it um, in a bad way. Again, well, that's yeah. It well, yeah, and I want to ask you this too. You know, a lot of times, and and I know a lot of people don't get along with their families, and or maybe they are have a problem where their you know, their kids and them don't see eye to eye. What do you think is the best thing to do spiritually, not mindfully, but spiritually? You know, do you do you just not associate with those people anymore or do you just change your attitude or what do you suggest you do when you have, let's say, people at work or in your family or, or, or whatever? It doesn't really matter. And they don't jive with you and you don't want a confrontation. So what's the best thing to do? Is it the best thing to do like Jesus and walk away? Or or what do you suggest in situations? Because we've got a lot of confrontational people and situations. And wh what do. do you think? We do. And a lot of people are not owning their stuff. And what do I mean by that? We can't yeah. anybody but ourselves. Right. We, cannot. we cannot. So all we can do is be responsible for our reactions and our behaviors and our thoughts and our feelings. So if we shift and we change, they're going to either shift up with us and rise with us, or they're going to shift out. Now, if we have family members that we're bonded to, like our mother, our father, our relatives, our sister, brother, our children, we're still bonded to them. It's just the, I don't want to say the dysfunction, but the difficulty of the relationship will subside and your relationship will get better with them. It may not be more interaction with them. It probably would, it might be less, but that interaction actually would be a positive interaction. So how do you do that? By shifting your reaction to them. So how do you do that? By clearing, which is what I do with people, and I help clear their negative thought patterns, their programming, their obstacles, their lessons. And then what happens is, is that that other person who's doing a behavior that you're real not thrilled with, Right. Because you can't you can say, I, I don't want you talking to me that way. You can certainly set your boundaries. And if you do, I'm choosing not to continue this phone conversation with you because you're setting a boundary. Right? right. But if they decide to behave a certain way that other people. Right. You're not going to get triggered by them anymore. So you'll come to a place of neutrality. Neutrality isn't bad. I thought neutrality was bad because I thought it was passionless and you don't have any feelings. That's not true. Well, yeah, yeah, because that's what I, you know, you don't want to be a, a total jerk, especially if it's somebody in your family. But on the flip side, you don't want to be subjected to the negativity any longer. So it's got to be a balance, like you say. So if you change yourself and, and you change your reaction to those people, you still got to keep the boundaries up, right? Or no? Yes, you can still state your boundaries. But what it, what it is, is the way you shift your reaction can also help them to shift too because then they realize that you're a different person and they're like oh 
she didn't respond the same way she usually does. Right. Exactly. And then, and then it makes them think. It makes them think and it makes them look at themselves as well. Now, again, it's all choice. It's free will. Do they want to look at themselves or do they not? You know, in the way that they behave. But I have seen miracles happen in a sense where people couldn't stand each other, didn't want to speak to each other, and then they just like love each other now. It's amazing. And you believe that's from people getting to know themselves? Absolutely. Getting to know ourselves, taking, you know, uh, and, and knowing what what's right for us, right? So to speak. And, you know, and I think as beings. I think a lot of it too is, um, loving yourself again, not in a, 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 you know, not in a, um, a way that, Oh, I'm so great, but in a way that you really care about yourself enough that you don't want to let people treat you in a, a negative fashion. I think that's a lot of it too. And I think once people realize that you're not going to be treated in a negative fashion, then they, they do change their mindset. Don't you agree? Yes. And I think that it's important that if we value ourselves, then we're going to attract people who value us. If we love ourselves, we're going to attract people who love us. You know, so the way we treat ourselves is how, what we attract. Every experience outside of us, and this is a big one, and it took me a while for this concept, but I've heard it many times, and now I know it to be true. Um, but the 23 years that I've done this, you know, I had a, you know, a spiritual teacher, you know, Hillary, every, you know, what are your belief systems? And I said, well, I don't know. I can't put them into words, you know, because, you know, I'm a clairvoyant. I see everything, right? Okay. And I just, I don't articulate it. And she goes, well, I'll, I'll help you with that. Every experience that you've brought to yourself, everything that you've attracted is your belief systems. Mm-hmm. Like, how? So every, every, so basically we attract all these things that are happening to us, these experiences. So when someone's, we're upset, you know, that that person is treating us that way, let's look at them as a mirror and say, okay, we're not exactly like that person. There may be something, but where's in there that I need to shift within myself? They're, they're mirror, they're putting a mirror back to you. Right. right. So you look at your stuff and say, well, thank you for showing me that so that you can shift. The other person may not choose to shift. The other person may not even see their own stuff, but they've given you an opportunity to shift. And as you shift, then they may see their own stuff as well and then shift up with you or they'll shift out. Right. Well, we're all players. It's like we're in a play and we're all acting and we're all playing a part. And what I realized is, and tell me what your, your thoughts are on this. Sometimes people are put in our lives uh, to push us to get to where we need to be. And it may not be a great experience, but in the end, it's a blessing because they've gotten us to where we wanted to go. I agree completely. Because I, I know that's happened to me where I've been really irritated with somebody and think, well, why did that happen? And then later on realize, well, that was a blessing because I wouldn't have done B if A wouldn't have happened. You know, so a lot of times I think God puts people in our lives to make us to force us to progress even if we're too if we get comfortable sometimes and we don't want to progress there's a lot of people who say i don't want to change i'm good with how i am that's true and if they want to stay in that box they're welcome to but it's mm -hmm. interesting because the thing is is that you know um even though he gives us free will he still gives us direction so for a long time i did not want to accept that i was a psychic I did not want to say I was a professional psychic for years. You and me both, Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Tell yeah. me why. Because you don't want that like stigma or whatever it is, that status or, or whatever people put on you, right? 
Oh, yeah, and, and we're exactly. And then our friends and family, too. I mean, you know, my ex-husband and I, we get along now, but, you know, he was really embarrassed to tell his friends that his wife was a psych uh, psychic. And he would, he, he's a jokester and that sort of thing, but he would introduce me as, this is my wife, the psycho. No, I'm sorry, she's a psychic, I'm just joking. And I said, dude, that's not cool. You right. can't joke with me about that. But his friends didn't respect psychics at all. They were all corporate execs. They all worked in the corporate world, and that's what he really wanted. He really wanted a corporate woman, and I wasn't that corporate woman. And when I got together with him, I was working in healthcare, and that was my plan. I never planned to be a psychic, you know, and he was quite upset. He's like, if I knew you were a psychic, I would have never married you. And Oh, you know, my gosh. That's, yeah, it's, no. it's a gift. It's a gift, Hillary, it, right. and you're you so gifted. And thank you. So, but I'm not angry at him anymore. That anger is gone because you know what? I really should have known myself. And then if I did, we would have had a great, you know, we would have that interaction and then he would have moved on and I would have moved on. Now, obviously I have my two beautiful children out of it. And this time I tell my kids, I'd do it all over again, marry your dad, have the kids. And then I, your dad and I would just part when you guys were really young. <laughs> but I don't know if that's better either for the kids because, you know, well, I, I love my kids and, and I would do it all over again for my children, but I certainly wouldn't have stayed as long because he and I just weren't in alignment and we thought we were. So it's right. so important to know who you are so that you can align yourself with the right people. And now he has a, a wonderful woman that he loves and she's corporate and they're happy as can be. And he really is, a, you know, the kids are like, wow, man, that dad is awesome. And I'm like, yeah, well, because, you know, she brings the best out of him and he, he's living what he really wants to be and who he and is. You're, and you're living what you really want to be. You exactly. know? And you're doing exactly what you want, what God wanted you to do, because you help so many people, Hillary, and I know you do. Um, and that's fantastic. Hey, listen, really quick, I want to give a shout out of what we're going to do next week. Next week, we have um, Barbara Jaffe on. She's going to, and this is great. When her book is called "When Will I Be Good Enough?" This will be <laughs> this will be a good a good book for us. A replacement child's journey to healing, and I am really looking forward to having Barbara on. But Hillary Black, thank you so much for visiting us on the high road. And Hillary, give everybody your phone number and your website again. Great. My number is 949-929-8113. And my website is askhillaryblack.com. And I enjoy talking to you and sharing the stories. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. And we're so excited to have had you. And we're going to have you back. Thanks, Hillary. Oh, I'd love to be back. Maybe 40 years and I've been ready and willing and able to edit the story. Because there's so many people here to be so damn lonely. Hey, you guys, join me next week on The High Road for more stories filled with wisdom, love, and hope for our future. Have a fabulous week and know when you stay on The High Road, you make it to your destination. Visit my website at nancyyearout.com where you can sign up for my intuitive life coaching or a psychic reading. If you have any questions, please email me at nancyyearout at gmail.com. That's N-A-N-C-Y-Y-E-A-R-O-U-T at gmail.com. This is Nancy Yearout lighting the way to your high road to success. Right now, I'm switching to a new lane. Foot to the floor, man, searching for the real thing. Somebody else sometimes ain't no shame. Head to the glass, ain't. It's like, hey.